Extra Time, the Life Church United podcast. Hello there and welcome to Extra Time, the Life Church United podcast. My name is Matt Cairns and I am the Life Church United manager. Thank you very much for joining us this week and I hope you've all had a great week so far and looking forward to the weekend before we get this week's guest on just a little bit of news just to remind you this coming monday the 8th of march there will be a league managers meeting held on zoom where there will be a vote to decide what the conclusion will be of the coventry church football league and how the season will sort of end and i can tell you that all of the players that voted for what conclusion you would like to see the conclusion that you all voted I think it was all but by two votes was that you'd like to see us play as many of the games as possible and finish the season. So I'll let you know what the result is next week in the podcast and uh, I'm sure we'll have more news and possibly we might even have the chairman of the league Joe Grayson on again next week just to give us some more information. This week's quiz question for you it uh, comes courtesy of my work colleague Sean Winrow so thank you for this one Sean and I can honestly say I didn't get this one right but here's a nice tricky question for you whilst you listen to the guest. Which football team in the United Kingdom, their professional, has the longest name? So which football team in the United Kingdom has the longest name? Professional football team, that is. Anyway, on to this week's guest. This week's guest is the Life Church United top goal scorer. He has 10 goals. He's also the top goal scorer in the whole of Division 2. It's a big welcome to Life Church United, Joe Cowley. Hey Joe, how's it going? Hi Matt, yeah, doing good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks very much for coming on Extra Time, the Live Church United podcast. I know a few weeks ago you really said that you wanted to come on, so good to uh, it's good to have a Liverpool supporter on. Come on, that's the only reason I wanted to come on. And just to let people know, we're actually recording this podcast. It's currently 27 minutes past seven on Thursday night. Liverpool play 8.15, so I'll make sure that we're done by then. It's just for you, Joe. Come on, yeah. <laughs> Just sticking with Liverpool, we might as well start there. Now we've started talking about it. Obviously, it feels like quite a long time ago since they won the league, which was obviously amazing. And, you know, I don't want to talk about all the negatives without talking about that. So, yeah, what were you, what were your thoughts or where were you when, when Liverpool won the league? Well, I was at home. I watched that Chelsea-Man City game with Gemma. Obviously praying for a Chelsea win and it happened, which was really cool. And then the trophy presentation wasn't for like a month after, was it? I can't remember who we played, but... Home with Gemma. It was so good. So Gemma's a bit of an Arsenal fan. Even she was getting a bit emotional watching the, the players celebrating with no fans. It was so special, but also kind of like, oh, you just want the fans there as well. So it was nice. It was amazing to see that. But hopefully we'll get it again in the future with fans in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's how I felt even watching it as a neutral. I thought, gosh, it must be so hard, like gut-wrenchingly hard just to be able to lift a trophy but then no one's there. And I think if it had been like anybody else, if it had been like Man City or Chelsea who have like won the league quite a lot, it wouldn't have felt such like a, a big moment because it was the fact it was Liverpool who obviously been starved of a league title for such a long time. It, yeah, it made it probably even worse. Yeah, oh, it was still good. I still enjoyed it. How do you feel like about Liverpool at the moment? Obviously, they've picked up a lot of criticism in the press. Um, things aren't going as well. You've had a massive injury list. Do you feel like 
everything's just caught up with you or do you think there's more to it than that? I mean, oh, I don't want to just give excuses, <laughs> but I know people will, will slate me for saying this, but I think the injury thing is a big part of it. I mean, I know there's like Leicester have got a lot of injuries as well, Crystal Palace, but to have like your first five choice centre-backs out injured at once is, is brutal. So that's not been, I think, too helpful. And obviously Van Dijk's such a big miss, isn't he? Just one of the best defenders, one of the best leaders. So that's not been good. We've had midfielders trying to cover and then getting injured as well. But yeah, also, I think we've just been on such a good run for the past like two years. I think it, it was bound to happen at some point um, to have a little bit of a, a tough streak it's a shame it's like right after we've won the league because it would have been nice to, to go and do it again. And I, I think maybe, I don't want to criticise Klopp. He's, I think he's one of the best managers in the world. But maybe trying the same thing every week maybe hasn't been the best the best plan. It would have been nice to maybe change formation up a little bit. But then, I mean, that, that could have been worse. So I don't know. Yeah, so you feel like maybe it's a bit of a plan B. But one thing you just said there, and I didn't actually tell Joe to say this, as a Leicester fan, I can appreciate what you're saying with injuries. But for me, it's not just necessarily injuries, it's fatigue in players as well. I was watching Leicester's game last week against Arsenal and the actual team we had out wasn't bad, but it was the lack of intensity that the players were showing. Yeah, And it just you just felt like it's all of a sudden just caught up with, with our players. It's like all the demand of playing a, a European league game a premier league game and then a midweek premier league game and don't get me wrong again a bit like you Joe, i'm not trying to criticize or like i'm not trying to use that as an excuse but the reality is it's going to catch up on most teams as well but i just feel for us it was the caliber of players that we were having injured as well like when you've cut madison and barnes out injured who have basically created and scored so many goals you've just taken like two massive players out and villa fans will say the same with jack grealish I know one player doesn't make a team, but when you have such players like that on the pitch, they can just give you such a good lift. So I suppose from Liverpool's perspective, when Van Dijk's playing, they've got such a good spine at the back. The only thing I would say about Liverpool is I don't actually think defensively you've been that bad. I feel like the, the issues have actually been at the other end. Like, Yeah, how weird is that? Yeah, that, I know they've lost to Burnley and Brighton, but they're only sort of like by the odd goal. You've had a lot of game time with Salah, Mane and... I know Firmino was out a little bit and obviously Diego Jota came in, did a really good job and then he got injured. It's just hard to try and get your head around why them three haven't quite clicked. And again, the only thing I can bring it down to is fatigue. How can you go from that intensity of playing like how you did last season? Well, not even just last season, the last couple of seasons and then to that. Yeah, absolutely. I think another thing as well is our defence has been weakened. I think we all know that. So then you could argue the midfield is having to drop back even deeper, which means the attackers aren't really getting the ball. You could definitely argue that. And then also, we don't really have any half-decent backup attackers. Like, we've got Shakiri and Origi. Shakiri's okay. Origi, I'm not a huge fan of anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't bank on him scoring. So then we, we don't really have anyone to replace them. Um, I don't know why we got rid of Minamino. Uh, that was a weird decision because he's been brilliant for Southampton. So I don't know. I, I mean, I'm no expert, but I, I would have liked to see things done differently. <laughs> yeah, I know like through lockdown, obviously having a lot of football on for me has helped a lot. So it's just been able to watch a lot of games. And But even now looking at it, it feels like there are obviously so many games crammed into such a, a short spell of time. And I get that they have to do it because obviously there's Euro 2020 at the end of this season. But would you say that there's too much football games for the players to handle at the minute? Is, it, is that what it, do you think it is? They're professional athletes. So you'd think if anyone could handle it, they could. And the fact that a lot of teams are having a fair few injuries, maybe more than normal, 
suggests that maybe there are too many games, not enough breaks. I mean, it's great for a fan <laughs> watching games. I'm going to throw that out there. If you're listening, drop me a WhatsApp message and next week. Do you think fatigue has caught up with Premier League footballers? Yes or no? And is that a reason why performances may have dropped for teams? Simple answer, yes or no. Let's throw it out there. Well, European champions, world club champions in very recent memory. But after 30 years, this might just be the biggest lift for Liverpool. Back on top in England. Anyway, so enough about Premier League and Liverpool. Obviously, we're talking about, um, before we went on air, how exciting it is that we should be able to play football again, hopefully from the 29th of March. And I'm sure you'll be desperate to get back out there, Joe, especially with uh, your 10 goals so far this season for Life Church United. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just want to play. That's the main thing, just to be able to get out there with the lads and play a game of football. I miss that so much. I'm not even too fussed about winning. I just want to play. That news coming through was big and hopefully by the end of this month we'll be able to play again. Yeah, definitely. Just to let you guys know, on Monday, obviously, it's the manager's meeting. So we will have the voting from all the teams around the league, um, which will draw a conclusion on how the season ends. Hopefully it will be a positive result. So in terms of your goals this season, I don't want to embarrass you or anything like that. I guess you've scored a variety of goals. And, and I want to ask you, do you prefer to score a goal from 25 yards or from five yards? Not sure I've scored a goal from 25 yards. <laughs> I don't know how it feels. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. That feeling of scoring a goal, it never gets never gets old, does it? I really like a team goal. That goal, I can't remember who it was against. You know, the 10-1 victory, passing move. It was Christ the King. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that team goal at the end just felt nice when kind of half the team is on the same wavelength, passing to where they think people are going to be. That was really nice. I'll take that over a screamer any day. That's really interesting because I remember when I was playing for Mosaic and I felt exactly like that. I remember I scored a couple of goals that like from just inside the area that sort of flew into the top corner. Don't quite know how. But then I scored one goal from four yards, just like got in between two defenders and it felt so much more like satisfying yeah. just to score like a tap in <laughs> than actually <laughs> scoring from quite far out. Yeah, what made me ask that was because in my head I could see a couple of goals at the start of the season where they were just sort of inside the area, but you put them top corner. But then the goal that you just referred to a moment ago was was that team goal, which was tapping. But obviously, you still had to get yourself into that position. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was nice. Still like watching that video back. It's nice that we got that on camera. Nice bit of team chemistry. But yeah, maybe I'll have to try and score a scream and see how that feels. <laughs> Talking of cameras, I've got to say, your wife, Gemma, some of the photos she took in a couple of our games, they were superb. It's cool, isn't it? It's, it? They are good photos, but I don't like seeing photos of me playing football because I feel like I'm a bit kind of Peter Crouchy, limbs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was good photos, yeah, to be fair. There was like that one of Nat in three stages scoring. It was like the cross coming in, the one way you can actually see him head it, and then the ball in the air, the ball in the goal. Yeah, so if you can just try and uh, recruit her to come to a lot of other games, <laughs> maybe we just need some good weather, which hopefully will happen from March onwards. And Yeah, let's hope so. It might be a bit more appealing on a Saturday morning than when it's chucking it down a rain. Yeah, at least we've kind of missed the winter months out of this, this lockdown. We mustn't forget that it's been raining, so 
The pitch is quite... It's been raining. Yeah. Are you being serious? It's raining for both teams. Come on, Ty. (laughs) Come on. No, no, no. You know what? Listen, you're you're my good brethren, yeah? Absolutely. But you're making some... Come on, man. You're making some... well, You're I'm making saying, up excuses for a disgusting well, performance. Well, 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 it's well, raining. Yeah, no. Well, Come well, on, man. Yeah, it's well, raining now. We're still here. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is that you never know the ball slipping and sliding. You never, you never know how it's going to affect. So every week on this podcast, we'll always get the guest to do a taste test. Tasty. And I'll always try and keep the same questions in, but also throw in a couple which are quite relevant to the guests. And we'll go back through the answers. So, Jerry, you ready? Yes. <laughs> a bit scared. Uh, so, Messi, Ronaldo. Uh, Ronaldo. Duds or Blades? Duds. Okay, a live church, United home game or away game? Home. Okay, a pizza or a McDonald's? Oh, pizza. Okay, and just for you, uh, Michael Owen or Robbie Fowler? Robbie Fowler. Okay, interesting. Let's start with that one. So, you were saying before we came on that you saw a lot of footage from Liverpool in the 80s and 90s. Why would you go with Fowler over Owen? Do you know what? It's just because Owen went to United. Yeah, that's a, that's a good reason. Yeah, I'll give you that. I just can't I can't trust him anymore. That's such a snaky move. They're both incredible players. I think Fowler's maybe got more goals, I think. But yeah, just a bit more honourable in his career post-Liverpool. <laughs> and let's go back to the good old debate between Messi and Ronaldo. And I think for the first time in the series, Ronaldo's actually taken the lead. I think he's now 3-2 up. Why Ronaldo? Oh, it is such a hard one. And you could ask me tomorrow and I'd probably say Messi. Do you know what it is? I think it's just because Ronaldo's got that that kind of power, um, particularly in the air. Some of the heights he can jump to, I think, are just remarkable. I know you could say, oh, Messi's got that kind of technical dribbling, but some of the goals he scores in the air, I just think are oh, ridiculous. And that power to just sprint past people. I mean, they're both incredible, aren't they? They're both worthy winners. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We just live in a time where we've been blessed with two of the world's greatest footballers, both playing in the same sort of era. Interestingly, though, I was listening um, the other day to a a debate on Sky and they were talking about whether the new debate will be. uh, So the Messi Ronaldo is going to move on to the is it going to be Mbappe or I think they were saying Haaland, the Borussia Dortmund striker so maybe watch the space maybe once we've got quite a few answers for the uh, Messi Ronaldo well we might have to move on to keep with the time shall we say and can you just reassure me that you don't eat a pizza or McDonald's takeaway the night before a game or do you? Do you know what it's become a bit of a bad habit of mine and Gemma's to have a McDonald's on a Friday night so that's gonna have to change. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as long as you bang the goals in jail I, I couldn't care what you eat on a Friday night and on a personal level, obviously, I know you're quite a level-headed guy and you've already said it about the team. But personally, would you love to get the golden boot because you currently are top of the top scorers charts at the moment in Division 2? Oh, I can't pretend. It would be cool. Of course, it would be like a nice achievement for a season to get the golden boot. But I, I wouldn't at all be disappointed to not get it. It's just fun, isn't it? It's just fun playing football with friends. I would be more annoyed if Nat got it than someone else <laughs> so I think you might need to bench him for a couple of games <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's got a few to get so what you what you're basically asking me is to not put now up front is that what you're saying drop him back drop him back to midfield. maybe <laughs> put him in centre back for a couple of games <laughs> no I'm joking, I'm joking. for Fowler he's in here can Liverpool take the lead yes what a moment for Robbie Fowler in the first half 
so joe as well like in your spare time what spare time you probably have you do uh, drum lessons is that right because i can see in the background you've got some drums yeah absolutely yeah literally right next to me how does that go about like do you have many people that come around or like not obviously at the moment because of lockdown but yeah it's all online um yeah so something i started doing a few years ago just when i was studying studied at nexus i've realized how much i loved just helping other people when they struggled with something i just wanted to help them and that kind of sparked a passion to start teaching drums um, in the evenings which I've been very grateful to do, very lucky to do. It's obviously a little bit trickier online. Audio is not kind to drums. <laughs> Laptop microphones, oh, just distort everything. But it's still really good fun. I really enjoy it. Um, oh, I can imagine that must be really difficult. So I teach most evenings, just one or two lessons in e- uh, a night. It's just good fun. I really, really enjoy it still. But it'll be so nice to get back and be able to travel to people's houses to teach them. It makes such a difference. One challenge I'd love to, to pose to you would be, we obviously play that theme tune at the start of the podcast do you think no pressure in terms of time scale do you think you with your guitar playing and your drum playing you could put together a, a theme tune for this podcast now i've really put you on the spot now haven't i <laughs> take an influence from the peter crouch podcast i remember them doing that no 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 <laughs> <laughs> i mean i could try i mean sure why not um, i'll send it to you and if you hate it you can delete it yeah we'll see well it's all about the listeners so what i do is I'd play yours and it would go ahead against maybe another one or the one we have and they can vote. Wow, yeah. We have got a lot of musicians in our team, so maybe it could be a a team-wide challenge. (laughs) So also, we always ask the guest, Joe, who's the best footballer you've seen live and sort of why? What attributes were you really impressed by? Yeah, I've been thinking about this ever since listening to to the first podcast, really, because I, I haven't been to a lot of big games. I grew up mostly going to watch Cheltenham Town play and I can tell you there weren't many memorable players from those games. (laughs) The biggest game I've been to see was a few years ago. I went to see Liverpool against Chelsea, funny enough, because it's obviously on tonight. And there was one player in particular, and sadly he wasn't even on the Liverpool team. I wish I could say Liverpool player, but on the Chelsea team and obviously former Leicester player, N'Golo Kante was unbelievable. Oh, that man just blew me away. Such a small, small man. I wouldn't even say particularly stocky, but he just knows how to defend, knows how to control a game, stops attacks, reads the game. It was incredible. And he's maybe gone under the radar a little bit recently, maybe the past year or two. But I still think he's phenomenal. Kind of dreading seeing him playing tonight again. <laughs> but the man's just incredible. And he seems like a really nice man off the pitch. Like you see pictures of him smiling in a smart car. It's just nothing to dislike about him. <laughs> when Leicester win the league, everyone used to say, ah, oh, how have Leicester won the league playing 4-4-2? Like, it doesn't seem right like in modern football. Well, you used to give the answer, actually, Leicester play 4-5-2. They'd have Kante in the middle with Drinkwater and then Kante on the other side because it'd literally be like, we'd lose the ball and he'd just win it straight back. And there would be times, even to this day, um, where he does give the ball away quite a lot and you feel like you've got away from him and then literally his recovery is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's so quick and agile as well. He just like nips everything in the bud so quickly. Even scores a couple of goals. Scored against Liverpool, I think it was last year or earlier this year. So, I mean, what a player. What an incredible player. And I was gutted when, obviously, he left Leicester after only one season. But I just didn't realise he that got a clause in his contract. I think it was a £32 million release clause, which Chelsea obviously triggered that. But on the flip side of that, I'm going to throw this spanner in the works in what you've said. As much as I liked N'Golo Kante at Leicester, he'll always be a legend. I think that Wilfred Ndidi couldn't be just as good as him, if not better. Yeah, definitely. He's been incredible. 
yeah, I, I always feel like with Leicester, people talk about Vardy, which is fine. And he's, he's great, scores all the goals. And obviously Barnes and Madison have really stepped up the season. But I feel that like Leicester is so much weaker when Wilfred indeed doesn't play. He breaks up the play really well. He reads things really well. And he's very good in transition. So all of a sudden, Leicester can be defending. He'll pick out, he'll cut out a pass or win a tackle. He'll uh, pass it to Madison and all of a sudden we can we can break just like that. Yeah, yeah. Very underrated, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. But saying that, there's quite a few clubs that I've heard of sort of sniffing um, Real Madrid and Barcelona, especially Real Madrid. I heard like a comparison of when they had like Claude Makaleli back in the day when he was at his best and they were sort of, oh, we want to sign him for that to bring back those sort of memories of Makaleli. Yeah, you'll have to keep keep hold of this one. I really hope so. But I suppose for us to do that, we need to make sure we we get in the Champions League. Yeah, it's looking close, isn't it? It's looking like a good finish to the season. I think it's going to be very close. I'm, I'm just very worried, I suppose, what happened at the end of last season. And hopefully it doesn't happen again. At least we managed to pick up a point last night. But it feels like we're on a little bit of a mini slide. But like I said to you, it just feels like we've had so many injuries. It's just fatigue has caught up with us. I feel like every team's on a bit of a slide at the moment, other than City. I feel like everyone's just dropping points. And then Man City are somehow just winning like game after game. Well, with City, I, I said this a few, quite, I think probably about three or four podcasts ago. The strength in depth is unbelievable. And yeah, they've had a few injuries themselves, to be fair, but they're sort of coming back now, all these players. But they can rest players. You know, either they Sterling will rest and Mares will play. Then the next game, Mares will, will be rested mm-hmm. and Sterling will play. And that calibre of player is is quite unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, you'd be lucky to have one of them in your team. Sterling too. So Mares plays the cross in and Raheem Sterling. Oh, what a start. What's that? 75 seconds. Mares on his 30th birthday has an assist already. Raheem Sterling in between some big men, rose the highest and turns it into the unguarded goal as he saw it. Leno, nowhere near. So you've said about Cheltenham Town. So did you used to go and watch quite a lot of their games then when you were younger? Yeah. So the stadium's not far from my parents' house where I lived. I mean, tickets weren't that expensive. So I used to go with my dad or go with my friends. It's just a good afternoon out. I mean, the football wasn't great, <laughs> but it's just a good atmosphere, a nice small stadium. Yeah, it was good fun. I really enjoyed it. Sometimes I like that old school sort of League One, League Two game where you can really sort of hear the players and the, the atmosphere is quite compact. And yeah, what league would Cheltenham in them when you started supporting them? Gosh, probably League Two. They've been there for most of my life. They went down to the conference. They won that straight away. Then they came straight back up a few years ago. Yeah, it's still League Two now. I'm in the top of League Two at the moment, so it's looking good. So if Liverpool played Cheltenham, who would you support? Don't ask me that. <laughs> well, I mean, I want to say Cheltenham because that's the honourable thing to say, but I would oh, I'd be devastated if Liverpool lost. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could flip from side to side in that one and be like, well, if Liverpool win, you'd be like, well, at least they've gone through. But if they've lost to Cheltenham, you'd be like, yeah, Cheltenham is where my heart is. <laughs> and Toza to hurl one. Right into the mix and Alfie May is onto it and Cheltenham Town have the lead. Incredible stuff. It's Toza's long throw. City couldn't deal with it. And May was ready. So obviously we talked earlier about Liverpool and how they won the league last season and what's gone wrong, I suppose, this season. Well, what would your expectations be going into this home straight, I suppose? 
I mean, the aim is obviously top four. A win tonight over Chelsea would, oh, we've got to be favourites for a top four. Um, so I'm hoping for that. Uh, it's difficult, isn't it? Because if we have a bad season, we have a bad season, that's fine. But to finish out the top four would be very, very sad. So I'm confident we'll make it into top four. I will definitely be happy with a fourth. Don't mind any higher than that. What about in the Champions League? Do you, do you think you can go far in that? If there were fans, 100%. I think Liverpool rely so much on the fans in the Champions League, particularly at home. And it obviously depends on the draw as well. I, I'd like to think we can do well, but probably not win it without a full-strength squad or without fans. But we'll see. Depends who we get. What about you? Where do you think Leicester will finish? I think that we look a little bit tougher mentally. Now, I'll, I'll say that after last night's game against Burnley. Burnley's quite a tricky sort of place to go. They'll really get into your face. They play quite a physical you know, side of football, but they can play football as well. I do think sometimes they get a little bit too much criticism for just being too direct, etc. But I just felt it's a sort of game where with Leicester being so um, under strength in terms of bodies and numbers and, you know, just looking tired, it was a fixture I was actually quite fearful of where we got a point, we've come away and I just feel like last season we would have lost that game where this season we've got a point, I hope we can kick on and we've got two big games in the sense we're playing Brighton and then Sheffield United. If we could just win them two, I would just feel like we can kick on. We can put this little mini slump behind us um, because the more that we don't win, the more the media critiques will come out and say, our oh, Leicester are going to slump again. And obviously I don't want that. The sooner we get Madison back, the better, because I feel like he is very important to Leicester, like, like Grealish is to Villa. No other team, by the way, other than Leicester, has been in the top four for the whole season. And I'm going to say that they will stay in that top four by the skin of their teeth, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It could be close, couldn't it? I know it's being greedy, but I'd love us to win the FA Cup. We've never, ever won the FA Cup. We always get to the quarterfinals in the last few years and get knocked out. We've got a massive one against Man United. But if they keep playing like they played like last night and even against Chelsea then, and we were sort of on our game, I'd, I'd still fancy us to beat them. Absolutely. I think you beat them. I'm back in Leicester. <laughs> I like that. I like that positive talk. And obviously, we've got the Euros to look forward to in, in the summer. And let's hope England can go far in that. Is forward. Kane with the corner. It's towards Joe Harlow. Oh, and if anything, he jumped up in front of Ali. England are out. It's another wretched night for England at a major tournament. It's difficult to think of anything quite as humbling as this defeat. Certainly in living memory. England have put their fans through the milk. Club players who've excelled on European stages in their club colours have repeatedly failed to produce in England shirts at international tournaments. But this is the most abject failure that I can recall. It's Iceland who go through to the quarterfinals. It's England who go out and home. Final score here in Nice is England 1, Iceland Thank you very much, Joe Cowley, for joining us this week. Now, earlier, before we interviewed Joe, I did ask a quiz question of which professional football club in the whole of the United Kingdom has the longest name. And the answer is Inverness Caledonian Thistle, the Scottish championship side. So well done to anyone that got that one right. But all it leaves me to say is to stay safe, enjoy your football, have a great weekend, and we'll see you back again next week.
Say boys.